Welcome to Postscript Season 2 of World on Fire. And and believe it or not, we're at the finale, Matt. This, this is uh, episode 6, yeah. the final episode of Season 2. This episode of Postscript is supported by Rogers & Associates. More information can be found at rogers-associates.com. I wanted yeah. to make sure I got that correct. So, hey, Matt, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good. Right. A little, a little yeah. stuffed yeah, up. I, I apologize. Uh, a little plotter. Uh Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, this whole show, you know, taking, and we're going to, I know we'll talk about this later, uh, taking a step back at the whole season or in both seasons, but, um, you know, it's it's had its twists and turns and, and this episode is certainly no different. It's uh, continuing some trends. Yeah. It's it's interesting. We'll, we'll try to review this obviously as an episode of the show. We have to, I think, also kind of keep in light of a, a season ender. Yeah. Um, and we'll hold off thoughts on... Could this be it for the show? Is this the last episode of the show? We right. have a few bonus episodes of Postscript coming up. We'll talk about those a little bit later. But uh, we will sort of evaluate this two-season sure. entirety at that time and kind of add some thoughts about encapsulating these episodes as the entire series. Right, and and recognizing it is a finale. I mean, the title of this uh, episode would be, to me, to be continued question mark. I mean, it was I wrote the end question mark. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, it it yeah. definitely, um, there were no loose ends tied up. Not that we were expecting it. Not that the whole war was going to come to a conclusion right. and everyone was going to be dancing around and, and happy. Right. Um, but, but in a weird way, like, even though there were a lot of storylines prepped to continue, it would be a cleaner end than the season one end, I think. Yeah. Because there aren't as many blatant mysteries. You know, it, what What's in store next for certain people, certainly. But remember Cassie at the end of season one, they left her in this cliffhanger of, yeah. they were running from the Germans. He didn't, you know, Harry didn't know where she was. She saw him. Would she go with him and re-embrace her old past or would she... Stakement and left there, and then last week or next we see her, she just walks into the house. Everything's fine, right? Everything's fine. Yeah. So this this is a cleaner yeah. transition, less uh, less cliffhanger. Just, yeah. Is there a next chapter? Right. She's yeah. about to get it, or she is airdropped in Pol Poland, I believe. Yep. And uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's uh, left to us to decide yeah. how how that turns out, and uh, and same with. Harry, right? I, I mean, I guess we can work backwards if you want. I mean, Harry, it looks like he's heading back off to war, um, I think, right? Yeah. I, yeah. In my notes, I kept keeping track of where do we last see people because I was curious how they were going to kind of wrap this up. And many of them, we last see them getting right back into the, the mix of things. Harry is in uniform getting back into some sort of army vehicle. Right. And that was foreshadowed at the very start of the episode, right? Uh where his commanding officer said, "You're going to go home mm -hmm. and get your life in order, right. and then we'll and then back. you can come back out yeah, here." Warrior over, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so he's heading back out. Who knows where? Maybe he'll catch up with Rajiv. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, certainly we saw him in a, in a, a a really dark place at the moment because he lost a lot of his men. Um, to, and, you know, I mean, not not much to the story there, other than you know, he's still there and and and. And, and struggling. Yeah, there, there was a depth to it that, that I might want to rewatch. It was interesting, though. So he um, has a conversation with one of his men uh, after the rest of the unit is, uh, I won't say, not necessarily ambushed, but but killed by, yeah. by Germans. And Rajib takes this hard because he thinks he made a very tactical or strategic mistake, right. perhaps. He turned his back. 
Yeah, and, and he introspects a little bit and talks about his his pride and his thinking that, um, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm smart. But he's in one moment, I don't have the exact quote, but he talks about not feeling like he needed less training, but actually more training because had he been smarter, he probably just would have killed the Germans and been done with it. Sure. Um, but the conversation turns into a debate between he and his his sidekick. I don't know the rank of the, yeah, the other gentleman. I'm not even sure I know the name. Yeah, I have the name. Oh, you do. Um, of course you do. Uh, of course I do. He did much better note-taker than him. That's all right. Ishwar. <laughs> Ishwar is the name. Um, but Ishwar gets to talking about, like, Rajib's philosophy on this. Yeah. And he kind of took Rajib as, like, a soft, naive kind of, I just play nice and... and Convince everybody to surrender. We don't have to kill everybody. And Rajiv pushes back on that a little bit. Says, I, I don't come into this blindly. Like, right. I'm not the, the good English soldier just, you know, trying to do all the... But he says, look, what we're doing here is is I'm not so much fighting for the English as just fighting against the Germans. Sure. When this is done, we're going to have to fight against the English. Like, he sees a long road ahead of them. And this is sort of the colonial yeah, this you know, is... empire of the, the Great Britain... Uh, I don't know the history that well. You know, I, I may go back and try to read a few more articles on that. But So we get a glimpse into Rajiv that he kind of introspects a little bit, pushes back on the persona of just that, let's just be nice, can we all just be friends mindset, and, and just knows, you know, he's in, he sees a long haul here. I think he's just starting trying yeah. to pace himself a little bit, but got, got bit by it. Yeah. Yeah, and you see a little bit, that thread has continued throughout the season with him. We've seen that, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's unfortunate to see, I mean, it's nice that he survived and, and his, his sidekick um, has as well. But so, again, uh, well, we presume he will continue to fight the good fight in in, uh, in Egypt, um, where, wherever in northern Africa they, mm-hmm. they yeah, usually themselves in Egypt. Egypt. They've been bouncing between. So, um, I guess, uh, shall we head to France next? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this, this will be uh, this will be pretty quick. Yeah. So this played out kind of how I, I think I thought. Uh, I didn't see Henrietta deciding to go with David, despite his multiple. Uh, right. She should have, perhaps. Yeah. Um, um, but on her last trip back, she gets captured. Um, and we, we see Albert again. Uh, he seems content still to just, stay where he is, he recognizing is. that his chances out in the wild are even less... Yeah, he's been a very steady character uh, yeah. since yeah. episode one of season one. I mean, he's just, yeah. you know, I'm here, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, um, we learned through him her likely fate is to be taken to a place called Ravensbrück. That was a concentration camp in Germany where a lot of female political prisoners mm-hmm. were kept. Um, and we last see her loaded up into a German vehicle with a small shiv, I guess, that she was given. So potential of escape. Who knows? Um, but yeah. yeah, not a whole lot of uh, real development there. Just kind of no. saw her captured again, and yeah. right, and they figured out that her papers were forged, yeah, yeah. which uh, you know, which she had been using for quite some time. Right. But and then you mentioned David, yeah, David, yeah. So and here's I, I gotta go back, but I apparently I missed the link here. So you know I've made passing remarks how we have not seen Gregor's in <laughs> several episodes. And all of a sudden he shows up here, and him and David know each other. Oh no, he uh, Gregor's Dregor's. Uh, I think I've, I've been mispronouncing the name a little bit. Um, he ended up working at 
the uh, Air Force base right. as some sort of mechanic or munitions person or something. And they're, pe- they're pets? They are pets. Pe- he, he knows him because he's a pilot there. We saw that in an earlier episode. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. They, are, back they, they are friends, it's, apparently. Yeah. Well, I just was—I I was confused that, that all the way. Right. Yeah. You know, we haven't seen— him in a long time. We don't time. see him often, no. Um, and I was kind of wondering, heading into watching this episode, um, you know, was he just, <laughs> were the writers just tired of writing for him or, or what happened Maybe. there? But, yeah. um, you know, there Probably were just enough characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's back. He's happy, perhaps a changed man for the good. Because um, he, you know, as we saw the evolution um, that he... You know, I know we shouldn't be going all the way back to the first episode, but he starts off as a really cocky player. Mm. Uh, and now he's, you know, maybe has a little more self-awareness. Yeah, a little, uh, yeah I think that was always going to be the trend for him. When when a character starts out kind of the jerk, you hope for that transformation. Yeah, um, He had, a, you know, tough experiences in the air, lost a couple wingmen. Mm-hmm. Um, on the ground, seeing the the grace and, and helpfulness of Henrietta and everybody else that are literally also risking their lives in different ways. Yeah, I, I think if we see more of David, I think you'll see a more grounded realism uh, and sense of purpose. Um, you know, he even called himself out as, you know, a kid playing at war or kid playing soldier, you know, yeah, yeah. in an episode or two ago. So, so we, yeah, the, the, the little development trend, I think, panned out okay for him, but so we've been working our way around. Now I guess it's time to Let's zero in, in, yeah. in into the the house the of Rabina family. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, you know, Harry comes home, uh, and it's a visit first. I want to talk about this. Oh yeah, one, let's talk about that. I think yeah. you know, and uh, you know, so he goes to visit uh, Sergeant Stan's widow, yes, Eileen, Eileen, and I think this is is therapeutic. For for Harry, yeah. for Harry, this really helps give him some closure. Yep, yeah, she's gracious. Um, she jokes about Stan a little bit, insults him mildly, uh, but Harry, I think, gets just that. how he wanted. I yeah, think. but she does two things that I thought were really cool. One is she asks about um, after talking about Stan for a while, asks about the German that killed Stan, and uh, Harry says, "Well, he, yeah, he's he's dead. He won't be hurting anybody else." And then I always say, is that good? You know, is there a matching German widow out there to me? Mm. You know, that, that there's another conversation just like this happening. Kind of reminding us that, you know, this war will impact families everywhere and people everywhere. And loss is loss. Human it goes back to what Rajiv said. A life, the value of a life is a value of life, a value of life. Um, yeah, the Germans are crazy in this war. They're doing stupid things. But there are, the war is still damaging families and societies. Um, and then the second thing is more to Harry about you do not blame yourself for what happened to Stan because yep. Stan doesn't want you to carry that. Right. And that kind of mindset links solidly to the recurring theme about Harry's father mm-hmm. and, and the stress from war, the guilt, uh, the suicidal thoughts and tendencies that will come back into play a little bit between conversations with Harry and Robina. So I think having this conversation early in the episode helps ground us and Harry to to wrestle with that through the rest of the episode. Right, and then taking a few steps earlier, going back to the very start of the episode, before the visit to uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sergeant Stan's house, was um, the conversation between uh, Harry and his commanding officer, and, and he brings up his father. Yeah, yeah. Really even he knew about it, which was yeah. interesting. I, I noted that, too. Um, I guess word gets around, but yeah. Yeah, and well, 
and and so that is a bit of foreshadowing there. It seems like that that there's obviously some sort of perhaps psychological situation that occurred, or at least that was what was documented. Yeah. Um, and and he doesn't want uh, he doesn't want that to Harry to follow in his footsteps right. in that way. Yep. So yeah. So now, <laughs> right. So maybe we'll we'll continue down this thread because this comes up in conversation with Harry and Robina and yeah. also in a way with Harry and Cassia. Um, we learn for Robina what, what we thought. Well, a lot of her fear is that Harry would end up the same and right. that she would be alone again. So it's it's fear for Harry and fear for herself. And they have a very honest conversation about that toward the end of the episode. Eventually, yeah. I feel, yeah. You know, I feel like she really puts up defenses. Uh, she's a very defensive individual, mm-hmm. uh, I think, because she doesn't want to deal with these challenging conversations right. at times. Yeah. Um, it, it may be the long and short of it. He he jokes a little bit. He's like, are you afraid suicide is contagious? And, and obviously it's it's not. But right. when you see people going through similar situations and having similar experiences, you can't help but think, will this sure. end the same? You know, there, <laughs> yeah. there's parallels there. So so I, I get her fear. Um, you know, sending anyone you love off to war is incredibly difficult. Um, seeing the impact of that war, even when people technically survive, must have been ex- even more difficult for her. The fear is real, um, but she processes it in weird ways for Robina. Uh, and Harry, I guess, saw that as a very closed-off, cold mm-hmm. mother. He jokes about that often, her mothering tendencies. The patron saint of... Right. <laughs> uh, but it was just her way of maybe shielding herself from further yeah. loss or risk. You know, a lot People do weird things when when stress piles up like that. But, but I, uh, as someone with small amount of experience with mental health and other kind of topics, I, I, I thought that was a, a strong storyline through the show and um, interesting to watch them discuss it and see sort of those insights into stress and, and coping and just how to guard yourself against further loss. It's interesting. Yeah, and, well, and remember, we're looking through the modern lens of this era mm-hmm. uh, where, and I think we've talked about this before, that, probably at the time not as much attention was paid to the mental health and yeah. the capacity of how to how to how to imp- you know improve you know help um help individuals dealing with the trauma of war and how that stays with you yeah for 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 either forever or just for long periods of time and catches up with you at the at the most random moments mm-hmm. yeah and historically you know treatment methods were not as developed as they are today. There's yeah. huge stigma about it. Um, Harry's offered a chance to see a psychiatrist as one of his options by his captain, and he doesn't have anything to do with that. And then we saw uh, Dredgers and, uh, darn it, Douglas from episode or season one, their memories and experiences at the hospital, the, the oh, mental yes. asylum in England, and none of that was real positive either. So, so it is not a good science in the 1940s, um, and nobody expects a strong recovery. Yeah. So, yeah, um, not not a great time to be dealing with emotional and mental health concerns. So, um, so Cassia. Yeah, Cassia. Cass- Cassia and Harry, and then also Cassia on her own, because she is still a character that is walking her own story, but it does intersect with Harry, potentially for one last time here. Um, she's offered exactly what she wants, a, a mission to go back to Poland and, and continue the fight. Right, and then you see kind of in parallel, once uh, Harry gets to know James better, you know, tries to contest why she's assigned this, and, and he's like, look, she asked for this, and you as her husband, 
should know better than anyone. And, right. And I, I thought that was a good line. Like it's, if you can't figure that out, that's not yeah. my business. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're her husband. If anybody could talk her out of this, it'd be you. But if that's yeah. not working, then no Sorry, one's going to talk yeah. her out of this and I can't help you. Yeah. Um, they have a couple moments, Cassia and Harry, where they kind of explore the nature of their relationship. And yeah. she reminds him it's changed. Yeah. You know, the, the woman you think you loved is, is gone. It's not here anymore. I have to do this. I have to go back. Right. And she senses change with him. And that's, you know, again, like have an overarching theme and something, you know, again, I keep coming back to that conversation at the beginning of the episode where the uh, commanding officer kept saying your war. Mm -hmm. uh, this is your war to deal with. And so, I mean, I feel like that same conversation's happening between Harry and Cassie. Mm -hmm. Like you're dealing with your war. Yeah. And we've used that kind of theme in other discussions about other episodes. How mm -hmm. This war as a global thing is also breaking down into individual mental, emotional, physical wars, yeah. relational wars. Um, but you said something a minute ago that, that Cassie sees Harry as very changed. And I, I think... A good line from her is she talks about her perception of him is just angry, sad, and lost. And she doesn't need that. And she can't help him. Right. Um, so she doesn't see any real reason to it's stay. Yeah. Jan is there, sure. He's in good shape. He's safe. He wants to go fight. She's like, no. Yeah. Uh, Dredgeors is fine. Seems um, to be okay. He's probably just going to stay. Yeah. To her, this is it. I mean, this is this is an easy choice. This I, is her service yeah. Yeah, for her people. She, she mentions her country is bleeding. Yep. She needs to go help them. Yep. And despite him trying to talk her out of it, she, she commits to it. We last see her parachuting out of an airplane, assumingly over Poland somewhere. Yeah. Something. So, so meanwhile, so yeah, the, all sort, I mean, so continuing at, uh, at the, uh, Chase household, uh, uh, well, I, one small, no, you know, and one small circumstance that happens there. I, Jan, you know, Jan has been a, a you know a constant character throughout, mm -hmm. um, but I thought he had a very meaningful thing here, and maybe puts you know connects to everything you just mentioned about Harry. Is when the two of them sat down. You know, uh, Jan comes, shows him this map that he made. Um, Harry says, "Well, you should just there, there should be more blood on it," and he's like, "What? What? Whose blood should be?" And he's like, "Doesn't matter. There's blood everywhere." Which, you know. It probably makes sense, but, but he, you could tell, uh, at the end of that conversation, you know, Jan is kind of explaining how you're letting you, know, I look to you as a father figure. Now I have no father. Mm -hmm. You are my father figure and you're letting me down. Um, you know, again, I think it just kind of plays into that whole war that he's dealing with. Yeah. It's, it's expectations. Jan wants to hear stories and, and kind of look at that war as this big noble fight. Right. And Harry just wants to de- mystify it at all and take away any sort of that illusion of <laughs> grandeur and just like no dude it's it's stupid it's brutal blood everywhere right. don't have this picture of it being right. this fun noble thing it is it is rough so i, I know it's exactly the, what harry's trying to do not the dramatized right. uh romantic romantic that can't yeah. be it uh, but you know right yeah it's not it's not the stories you read it is it is very real right um, so i think Harry's absolutely trying to do Jan a favor, in essence, you know, impart some realism and maybe tamp down his, his expectations. His joy or expectation for it, yeah. So there was that. And then, of course, uh, at some point, well, who do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about James or do you want to talk about Lois? Where do you want to go next? T two more fights within the house. Let's yeah. do Lois. All right, this so was Lois. So, so Lois comes home. We, we knew she would. Yeah. She arranges a job for herself and a, a munitions role, so probably building bombs or ammunition uh, has a room ready for Vera in the house, and then 
calls and goes to visit Robina's house to to get Vera and is met with the brick wall of Robina. Yeah. On the so, first visit, I think Robina straight up lies to her. I, I think, think you're right. I yeah. think they were there because later. Where else would they be? And briefly later, I think in the same day, we see Joyce, the the, the maid. With Vera. Right, and that's when Harry meets right. Vera for the first time, right. I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not exactly the first time, but oh. but not many. I think yeah. he did see her before she went back out earlier. But Okay. Um, regardless, um, I, I believe Robina straight out lies to her and shoes her out of the house immediately. So uh, Lois comes back the next day, and Robina spills her philosophy here, is that I've decided she belongs with us. Right. Um, she is better here. She is safer here. Right. You're in, in no no shape to be a mother. Right. You know, says to Harry because Harry overhears the right. conversation. She's not allowed to decide when she wants to be a mother and not. Yep. Yeah. And even more than that, there, there's there's this awareness for Rubina. She, she says, "I know what it's like being a damaged woman mm. bringing up a baby alone." And she wants Vera to end up less damaged than Harry. So so Rubina is seeing parallels to her old self. In Lois, mm -hmm. loss of family, stressful situation. Lois's abandonment of, of the child and everybody. Her flight off to serve in a different country. This is not a woman with everything together and and organ. You know, this is someone very struggling and damaged. And um, it's a flashback for her. And yeah. so I think she, if we give her some benefit of the doubt here, she is probably honestly believes that the stable house that we have is a better place for this child than how she perceives Lois. Well, she's always perceived Lois as a lesser right. person anyway. So, uh, you know, whether financial means or whatever, uh, that, the that, class. that, yeah, you know, that Vera will be better taken care of in, right. in her house, in Robina's household. But what Robina didn't see was sort of what we got to see of Lois's transformation in the last episode or two, yeah. uh, rediscovering her love of, of the child, her, her desire to come back and, and kind of straighten things away, perhaps made some peace about her father and everything else. But she does come back a different person, more mature, a little bit more grown up, um, and maybe is in a place or certainly sees herself in a place to, uh, to take care of Vera. So I was always curious how that would work if, if she's off at a job at munitions. She's probably not going to take Vera. Maybe Tom will come back and... Well, and that's... That yeah, that there. was the character I was holding out to see. So I um, think the only major character we didn't see... Yeah, we haven't seen him... That that showed up in this season. Because yeah. he did show up in, in, I think, episode one. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, so, maybe maybe Tom shows back yeah. in. <laughs> but what I liked, uh, of, of again, looking at where everybody ends up at the last scenes of this episode we last see lois and vera with harry jan and robina all around their living room mm. at the fireplace listening to the news on the radio that's right and just chatting so it seems like there's a, a semblance of of peace in the household um and then we assume that when harry does leave that lois will be able to have vera with her yes yeah. but yeah so so then uh there's sir james sir james who, um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I saw this coming. Like, I, I guess he hinted that he was starting, eh, in the last episode they had, like, a little picnic together. He hinted he was sort of developing feelings for Rubina. Bold to reach out to her like that. Yeah. Well, and again, this comes back to what I said earlier, where she's very, can be very defense, you know, a defense mechanism is to really just shut down almost. Right. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah, he he says, hey, let's get married. Um, Why not? Right. And uh, yeah, that was just an interesting twist because, I mean, it makes it seem like he's not going anywhere. Right. I don't know if the whole uh, uh, embedded, that's not the right word, but his staying in their house is continuing. He does kind of leave in a huff last we see him. But I think what's interesting here is, is a conflict of philosophies. She tells him, I, I have to choose between happiness and my responsibilities. Right. And he says, no, your happiness is your greatest responsibility. Like being true to yourself, making sure you are happy and stable. And they don't resolve that difference. Right. Like she does not agree with him. Or she, she doesn't really see it that way. Um, but that is ultimately the crux of their disagreement is, is what are we here for? To her, it's duty to the people around her. For him, it's you, you should treat yourself first. And and there is, you know, there's a foundation of that. If if you are a mess internally, it's much more difficult for you to help those around you and serve those around you. So whether he sees that as her problem, so to speak, or is just trying to talk her up a little bit, either way. But ultimately that's their conflict. And yeah, it's not it's not resolved. No, no, so we'll see. That's that's for the uh, future episodes too, to Perhaps, help, me, yeah. help me decide yeah. where she, uh, where yeah. the two of them go. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. It was just a, a, uh, just a, you know, it kind of left out loud when he yeah. said that. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. let's see where this goes. And he leaves in a huff when she says no for the second or third time. So yeah, well, uh, all right. So there's one more. There's one more. Yeah, I forgot uh, uh, our our young lady in in G- Germany. Yeah, go um, back to Marga and her family. <laughs> yeah, we so, missed her last year. So last episode. And so apparently, while we weren't seeing her last episode, she ran away to home. Somehow she sneaks out of this facility. I, I, I guess it's possible. Fine, she goes home. They'll never find me at home. Uh, yes, because she did not leave as if she thought she was allowed to. It was a it was a late night. She kind of crept out. She broke down in tears once she was off the ground. So definitely this was a unplanned excursion. Yeah. Um, she gets home, and I I think her parents were more sympathetic to her than I was expecting. And they did seem sympathetic. They they talked to her a little bit about it. They um, tried to go into problem-solving mode for her. They first okay. talked about, right, maybe you could marry this this German man. And Marga strongly objects to that. Uh, and I think we know that because she really didn't like him at all. But she talks about her duty and, and this father's legitimacy because of his credentials and his passion for the cause. Um, the parents later whisper about abortion, about Marga's future of, of other suitors and husbands, and then even the risks to the family if they disobey with this program. Because I think they yeah. name drop another family they hint maybe tried to and something very bad happened for them. So. Well, that's why I'm just surprised that she's home. I mean, this right. seems very dangerous. Brings a lot of risks back, yeah, because yeah. if, if this was not allowed, then everybody involved could get in trouble. And then Ralph comes in. Right, this is her brother? Yeah. So Ralph is absolutely drinking the Kool-Aid. He's the, the uh, navigator of a bomber pilot. We saw him in the air in, like, episode one or so. He comes in all gusto you know, talks about his pride for Marga and her duty and her just like he's serving, she's serving in a way. Right. For the fatherland. Right. Yeah. Leads everybody in a toast in which the others are very kind of hesitant to participate. But the key here is he says, you know, 
we have an obligation as a family that if anybody thinks this is wrong, we should report them to the authorities right. for slamo. Right. You know, we're going to rat them out, which goes back to things we saw in season one with the, the neighbor of the Rossler family. What I don't know, because we're not told, is what Marga is thinking through all this. Yeah, it's very complicated. I mean, she early on seemed very like, no, this is my calling. I will do this. Right. Um, but she, I mean, it seems very, she seems very conflicted from what I can tell, but we, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the pep talk reconvinces her yeah, or if right. she's putting on a show because she recognizes the dangers. I don't know. This is to me maybe the biggest actual cliffhanger because hmm. there's a big path forward here. And I, I, there's I, a couple different scenarios yeah, that could play. Yeah, I, sure. I just don't think we're given enough info or insights into where she is mentally and emotionally. Yeah, it'd be helpful if she was writing a diary, sure. you know, and, and, and then she's saying it, you know, as an aside. Um, but yeah. then again, I'm sure she wouldn't be allowed to write a diary at that at that I'm sure. school yeah. thing that whenever she was at. Yeah. So who knows? Yep. So if there's more, so we need we need Helen Hunt back. We need Helen Hunt back to try to <laughs> connect all the dots on the German side. <laughs> oh man! So she's home, putting her parents at risk. She herself is at risk. She's been sick mm-hmm. because of the pregnancy anyway. And and their and their parents are like, well, we'll try to find a doctor. And the dad's like, well, who are we? Gonna, what doctor? Or maybe it was the mom. I can't remember. How are we going to find a doctor that's going to go along with this right. you know, without, again, reporting this to somebody of, of larger importance? Yeah. That, that just, yeah, this is a cliffhanger, and it doesn't, doesn't look like there's any good way out. No, um, which has been true of all of the Germany-focused plot lines uh, yeah. in this show so far. Right, so we... Um, none of the major characters pass away in this episode. Right? Right. That could be true. I'm just thinking, well, because it's the final episode of the season. We'll throw Stan on the list, but yeah. He passed away last episode. Oh, this episode. This episode. Um, No, no, no. Yeah, no. Everybody's still kicking by the end of it. So, well, I mean, I just like, again, coming back to this being a finale and perhaps seeking some closure about something. Mm -hmm. There's no closure. No, no closure. This story certainly could continue. Um, And we'll sort of. We'll find we'll out. See what happens as they. Say. Yeah, as, as of the time of this recording, we are not. Con- it's not been confirmed uh, that there's a third season. The writers are anticipating one, uh, hence the way this episode went. Um, but but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. So um, looking ahead for what the future, not only of this show but of Postscript World on Fire. More importantly, um, we have two bonus episodes planned. The first will tackle sort of a big picture review of the show so far, the, right. the whole series, so season one and season two. Our uneducated take. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about some of the characters that were lost between the two seasons. Yeah. We'll talk about sort of the the big themes, connecting dots. I've been sitting on a whole bunch of articles from yeah. actors and producers. I'm going to read up on those now that we're past the the end of this episode, just to get a sense of some of their insights and thoughts. We'll share some some quotes from them. Um, our second bonus episode is, uh, as you described earlier, fan, right, fiction. fan fiction. Yeah, if if we ruled the world, Fred and I, if we ruled the world, what might have we tried differently mm. with this show? And for me, it's it's probably going to focus largely around that transition between season one, season yeah. two. 
Again, a large real-world delay, COVID-related production schedules yeah, changed. Three years. Some of the major characters we started to grow attached to just mysteriously disappeared. Um, so we'll just kind of embellish a bit uh, as amateurs, of course, but of what what could have happened differently and, and if that would have made a more interesting or at least maybe a different show, who knows. Yeah. So it'll just be some spitballing, but it'll be fun. It will be fun. So we hope to catch you there. We're thankful uh, that you listened to this episode as well. Thank you. Um, support, again, brought to you by Rogers & Associates. Check that out at rogers-associates.com. Support for all this content is also provided by people like you, viewers and listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to help make more content like this and other ITF properties, please visit WITF.org slash mosaic. Uh, hey, uh, let us know what you think. Lots of ways you can do that. Email postscript at WTF.org. Leave ratings and reviews on the podcast. Leave ratings and comments and such at the YouTube videos. We love it. We respond. We're happy to bring your questions back into these episodes. Maybe I saw a few come in over the weekend. Maybe we can do oh. a little listener Q&A okay. in one of our last bonus episodes as I've well. I've been paying attention. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I got you. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, huge thank you to our crew, Amy Beeler, John Ferreris, for thank their you. help. Production. Look good. Look good. Sound, sound good. good. All that stuff. Uh, thank you for riding along, and we'll see you for the bonus episodes. See you.